are listening to Into the Comics Cave with your host, comic book heartthrob, Grant Stoy. Hello, uh, again, it's me, biffing another opening, but you know, that's how it, rolled, that's how it goes. Uh, today I have a, a buddy with just beautiful hair. Uh, again, I'm glad this is a, an audio medium, so I can see the hair, but you can't. Uh, this is the author of Santa Fe and the Preserve. It is L.A. Luis Chavez. How are you? Hola, hola. Como esta todo el mundo? Welcome, welcome. <laughs> that, you just burned through like my entire reservoir of Spanish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can do it in Spanish if you talk Spanish. but <laughs> I can order a cheeseburger. Uh, well, that's better. I mean, usually people just say cerveza. It's like, that's all. Uh, seriously, if, all the times that when I was, you know, uh, in Boston and I would ask people, do you, do you talk Spanish? And they're like, oh, yeah, I took like uh, three years in high school or, or in something. And I'm like, all right, great. And then like, what, oh, but I only know like three words. Like, what? Like cerveza, sexo, <laughs> and, uh, what was the other one? Uh, queso. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's nice. It seems pretty uh, emblematic of this area that they learned a word per year. Yeah, no, all that's all they need. Uh, beer, sex, and cheese. So, I mean, go figure. <laughs> so, I want to get back to when you were in Boston. But first, I just want to know, uh, where'd you grow up? Well, I'm originally from Venezuela. My parents are from there. Uh, and it was, you know, it was nice growing up in the South America. Uh, you know, definitely... It has become a very different place than when I was there, uh, you know, as a kid. But, you know, uh, I've gone to all kinds of places in my life, and um, it's definitely made me who I am today. And also, a very, very fun fact, nobody can guess where I'm from, because really? because I've been pretty much picked up the, the accent or dialects or whatever from wherever I've been in my life, and it's sort of mixed together into this hot potch of nonsense. Um and so wherever I go in the world, nobody c figures out where I am. And I've heard everything. I've heard, oh, you're Egyptian. Oh, you're from Minnesota. Oh, you're from Canada. You're from, I, I've heard everything. Nobody knows where the hell I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> well, where is the coolest place you went to as a kid? Um, okay, you know what? Uh, this this is tricky, but the, my favorite place, my, my uncle used to have a boat. He's from Puerto Rico, and he still... I still visit him, but he used to have a boat when we were kids and we would drive through the Caribbean, like during the summer. Oh my God. And, uh, the best place I ever been to was in the Virgin islands, which, I mean, some of the islands are just specks of lands that you can only get there if you have a boat. And so there was like this boat community that would just sort of park, like it's like a garage in the water uh, across in these islands and just sort of hang out and have like barbecues on the boats and stuff. And there was one Island. I'll never forget this. That was just like the size of like um i don't know half a foot not smaller than that like a third of a football field or something there was just a single building in that a small wood cabin that was actually like open from one side and it was just a bar a bar really? with a white british dude with a mustache you know and sunglasses he, you know that looked like he was waiting for james bond to walk in and it was <laughs> Literally, you just go there, park your boat in front of the island, swim to it, and just sit at the bar. And Kevin, just like, hello, Mike, what will you have? <laughs> so Kevin figured it out. He figured life out. Yeah. Just a bar in the middle of an island the size of a, of a tiny, you know, in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. And there Kevin is, just waiting to serve you all the alcohol you want. It's, it's fully stocked. 
you know, and I don't know how Kevin gets there, but I just, <laughs> it was magical. It was magical. Wouldn't that be cool <laughs> if there's like a trapdoor underneath the bar that lets like a subterranean <laughs> condo? It would be amazing. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Kevin. That's squirrely. I, I, I miss Kevin every time, you know, I really wish I could see him again. So like when you were a kid, were you artistically inclined then? Oh God, yeah. My parents will tell you tragically so. Uh, <laughs> They, you know, typically Latino parents, you know, they want you to be, uh, well, they want you to be your dad, basically, uh, you know, okay. <laughs> just, just like inherit the family business or at least make your own version of it. That's as far as creativity will take you. Oh They'll allow you to take you. But, you know, no, I'm like, I want to be an artist, mom. I want to be a, a writer. I'm like, oh, God, I failed already. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you be more like Kevin? Yeah, I mean, at, at one point they were encouraging when they thought, well, I mean, a lot of Hollywood writers make a lot of money. That's something. They're like, well, mom, yeah, but that's not like, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll become that. Yeah, whatever. Just just roll with me on this. <laughs> so you were into writing as a kid and that kind of followed you throughout your teen years then? Yeah, I mean, I always liked reading, you know, uh, since I was very little. I, I read all these like little young adult English novels, you know, that I could find. Harry Potter was a big one, even though we don't talk about it anymore. But we all know that for a lot of us, it was a big part of the development. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the book that made me want to be a writer, I mean, a lot of people find this book to be not very good. And I, I get the criticism, but I really do. But it really was the perfect book for me at that time when I was about 14, I think, or 15. Um, I picked it called Aragon. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, there was a movie made about it. It's also not very good. <laughs> that the movie is horrible. The book yeah. was the book was good. The movie was atrocious. Yeah. I lo I love the book. Uh, again, I know it's basically Star Wars meet Lord of the Rings to the point of, you know, Star Wars. Star Wars is just Dune. So don't <laughs> don't worry about yeah, like. You yeah, I mean, I feel like he's allowed to do that. Whatever, mm -hmm. but. I really enjoyed it when I, when I was a, I was a kid, and when I got to the end of the book and noticed the author information, I saw that it was written by a kid the same mm -hmm. age as me. The, you know, Christopher Paulini, I believe, was his name. Uh, he had he has the same age as me, and we were both like fifteen, and he had just written this book, and I was like, well, if he could, if this dude can do it, you know, like. Of course, later I found out that you know his parents were both writers and owned a publisher, and that's how he got published. But you oh, know, is it really? I didn't know that. Yeah, no, that's how he got started. Like they they self published his well, not self published. You know, his parents published it for him. Uh, and but you know the, the the guy definitely put a lot of effort. He did like a whole high school tour, dresses the character, and so I got respect for the guy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, it was just that moment where I read it and thought I can do this. And I started uh, writing fan fiction, horrible fan fiction as a sort of practice. And then uh, during my last two, three years of high school, I wrote like my first novel, which still exists and is in somewhere in my room there. And I can't read it because it's terrible. It's it's absolutely garbage. <laughs> but, Isn't that how all like first attempts are? You're getting that repetition in. Yeah, no, but I mean, it is sort of just learning by doing. There's no other way. You have to keep writing whatever. You can start with whatever. It can be Pokemon fan fiction if you want. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, as long as you're writing something and you're learning by doing, you know, like, oh, this is structure. This is how a character should flow and arc and the, you know, dialogue, everything, you know, just by doing it. And you will be horrible at first. I don't care who you are. You will be terrible. 
whether you're writing something original or not i mean it's it's just unavoidable very I don't, i've yet to meet somebody who was perfect uh when they were starting out uh but that's that's the gist you just have to keep writing keep learning and you know keep uh, seeing other people's works to get inspired and uh you know if you can get somebody to read your work somebody has experience like I, i've definitely had a few uh people like that in my life that were kind enough to read what i wrote and you know pointed out things and i you know learned by by doing for the last uh 17 18 years now i mean it's it's been a while jesus um but uh that was yeah. a spit take that was funny <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only way yeah and so you know one thing leads to another when i started i wanted to be a prose writer but i it was a whole thing and uh actually I, i've told this story before but I'll, i guess i'll mention it that yeah, please. you you introduced me as la and louis and louise which is my name but I do go professionally by LA and that came from when I was in Boston in college for creative writing. I, you know, uh, it was about maybe 15 of us, maybe less. I, I don't remember right now, but, uh, they're all white. They're all Americans. You know, I'm the only non that. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, basically, um, my English is pretty much on the level, but the, I remember having a conversation with the teacher where he, we was sort of like advising us on, how to market ourselves and what you know how do you become a writer and all that stuff and like he sat down with me and i remember asking him like you have any advice or for me specifically or because i'm not from you know like uh well i would probably either change your name or maybe abbreviate it you know it definitely makes it less you know he wouldn't say the worth but we all know what word it was and at the time i really took that to heart because i thought well obviously you know this is america this is run by this group obviously i should play by the rules and if that's what it takes i guess you know and i do like you know a lot of authors who uh, have abbreviated you know jr tolkien and uh, george rr rr martin not the other one that you're thinking of no uh we don't talk about that person <laughs> but um you know a lot a lot of it, it's, a, it's a common thing and i thought okay la sounds like a cool name could maybe marketable especially in la <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I i i went with it with that but it took many years later uh when i realized actually that guy was a jerk <laughs> yeah it sounds like he was full of shit that was a shitty yeah. thing to say maybe maybe that advice was true back then when you know i think uh, diversity still wasn't as embraced as it is today and it's still you know growing but uh i think you know back then it's like you want to pass as white as possible you want to hide your non uh your diversity or whatever but i do think in the last few years it really has ex uh, exploded where you know the, the the advice would be now uh, embrace that part of you whatever if you're black or latino or asian or gay or whatever it is you know don't hide that you know and don't be afraid to include that in your stories because i i think everybody wants to see themselves represented and oh, yeah. i sure as hell i sure as hell wanted that you know um i grew up with all american media maybe a little japanese media and um it's it's something that i think again no offense to all americans listening i love you all but uh I, I do think it's a thing where a lot of them don't know what that's like because you know you grew up watching movies series books whatever about people that look like you that sound like you that have names like you in places that you either live or look exactly like oh here's another story about a john from new york and oh what, what, i haven't seen this before mm -hmm. 
you know, like it's it's you take it for granted. I, I don't blame you because that's all you know. But trust me, when you when I say that, uh, not not knowing what like what's seeing a, I, I, the first character named Louise that I saw in the movie was an Ant Man, which was like really? seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, that I can think of. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I dig, maybe there's a, another movie that has like a side character called Louise. Mm-hmm. I, well, I do remember the actor Luis Guzman, which uh, his characters weren't called Luis, but I do remember seeing, oh, is an actor like, you know, but it's a really rare thing. And it's, you know, I, I one thing that I, I wanted to embrace in my writing was just having characters that um, have, that came from all over the place, you know, yeah. and try to embrace, like Santa Fe has a, uh, you know, Venezuelan elf, you know, female elf that was like, I've never seen that before. I mean, love, I love Lord of the Rings to death, one of my favorite things ever, but it was very much from 19, you know, from that time period. Uh, and I, that's not something where you would see that kind of diversity and so on. So, yeah, just I, I like to include that, and I think it's good that we're including that and accepting that more now. So, oh, yeah. And Sorry if I'm talking too much. <laughs> oh, no, it's the whole point of the thing is to talk. So you're doing great. Thank you. How did you end up in Boston, of all places? Well, uh, when I graduated high school, I applied to a lot of colleges, and uh, I got accepted in one in Boston. And uh, I always you know, I had, like, a certain allure to it, like, oh, Boston, Boston, the college town, you know, up as far north as I've ever been in my life. Uh I had never seen snow up till that point, and it was magical for about seven minutes. Oh, then uh, that cold sets in. Yeah, I am a tropical boy all the way. Um, I, I, I mean, I'll like the cold for like a weekend, but <laughs> 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 you know, Boston winters are a next level. <laughs> yeah, they're super gross. Like we just had what was it, snow several days ago. Yeah. Like, it's just dumb. It's dumb. When it was, like, minus 10 degrees, you know, mm-hmm. for the first time in my life, I'm like, I'm not going outside ever again. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Were you prepared at all for that? I, I was not. I mean, I knew it was going to be cold, but cold can mean so many things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, being there and experiencing that was uh, a life lesson for me. Was that about when you started getting into comics, or were you still into prose at that point? Oh, yeah, definitely prose. Um, I didn't get into comics until, like, the last four years maybe give or take huh. so yeah it was it was very late i'm a, a late bloomer i suppose uh i i you know i, I sort of went through a, a time in my life where i didn't know what i wanted to do like i was in boston studying creative writing and uh minor in sociology and all that stuff but i really didn't have like a plan i was just sort of like once i finish this i guess i'll know but i finished and i didn't know what to do or what i wanted to do and i kind of just spent like a year floating and then uh my brother suggested i went to florida to take a, a course in film you know because i thought well i mean maybe film is the way because there's always jobs in hollywood and that kind of thing and maybe writing in film is easier i don't know like i just didn't know what what i wanted to do so i i tried that and went to uh, my bro- with my brother to this place in uh, this college in florida and i did basically a second career and um you know, I, I I started like thinking, you know, like I, I didn't want to do film either. Like I'd love to write a script, but I didn't want to like move to Hollywood and yeah. be alone in LA. And uh, like it was, 
the more I, I get closer to it, the more I'm like, this is not also my thing. And I'm like, oh, I can't just be doing nothing forever. But I did discover comics almost by accident. Um, I mean, I was reading comics already, but I hadn't really considered it um, until I, uh, for like my final, for the, the whole thing, I made, I made an animated pilot, which you can watch right now on my website, it's still there. It was a nightmare, but it was it was worth doing it. I had I wanted to do like a prequel to it, sort of like to explore the the universe of the characters. So I started doing like a comic for it with different artists, and that was a that was a crash course in comics. Uh, the first artist I worked with, a nice Spanish dude, uh, you know, clearly experienced. I was clearly not, you know, making the mistake of like, so uh, is eighteen panels too much for a page? Holy shit! Yeah, that was me. I was that guy. <laughs> We're him going like, dude, uh, dude, sit down. We, we gotta, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I, I, I figure it out eventually. I made that comic again. That also is free on my website. Um, and just, I, I realized I love this. You know, with with animation and film and all that stuff, you have to have like twenty people or more running around. There's, you know, doing all the things, and you have to maneuver all that and juggle all that. And it was, it was a nightmare. It, it was like not for me and. I basically had no money at that point and uh, my options were short but uh without getting to specifics of my life but i i figured comics was more accessible i mean it's still hard it still takes money it still takes time but it, it was something i could see myself doing more and uh it was more pure writing in some ways and um yeah no i started meeting people like you in the community and uh i did the first kickstarter and surprisingly that went okay and then i did the second one and that went way better and i'm hoping the next one which is going to hopefully be in a few months uh does even better because <laughs> not I, I don't know like what happens when you fail <laughs> you know? i think uh once you fail you just uh you get back up and you keep going i guess so yeah i just i haven't tripped yet but i'm hoping i won't <laughs> hello there my name is don cardenas and i'm here to invite you to check out my podcast the 2021 Grantee Award-winning Comics Coffee Medal, where I interview creatives in, around, and about the worlds of, you guessed it, Comics Coffee and Metal. I've already had such amazing guests on my show, including, but not limited to, Liana Kangas, Mike Norton, John O'Diener, Michael Conrad, Sophie Campbell, Guitar Max Carlisle, Andrew Baina, and of course, the word bros themselves, Bob and Kevin. Comics Coffee Metal is available on all the major podcast services, and you can find it directly at comicscoffeemetal.com. I hope to see you there. And now I return you to Into the Comics Cave with the amazing, awesome, talented, um, tall, handsome, uh, what else did I say? Definitely over six feet tall, smells good like lavender and motorcycle grease. Is that right? Motorcycle grease? All right. Grant Stoy. There, I said it. Get my money now. Now, Luis, I got a question for you. Sure. Are you aware of the the dynamics of the anglerfish? Uh, the anglerfish. Uh, which one is that? Uh, so it is a deep sea fish. It's got like the big, big bottom teeth. Oh, weird it has thing. the little glowy thing. Yeah, like yeah. Okay. Uh, have you heard how it mates? Uh, probably very horribly, I'm assuming. Oh, very. Uh, 
so what happens is the male anglerfish, the gross, ugly one with the dangly thing is a female. Like the male comes to it and it almost fuses to the female anglerfish. Huh. It's like a symbiotic thing. And then the male anglerfish just kind of becomes the female anglerfish. Do you think, or rather on a scale of one to 10, how fucked up would it be if like cats did that? Um, I'm going to need some drugs to think on that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> would this deter your love of cats? We'll say, we'll just go right there. Adult cats, maybe, but kittens, I'll forgive. Uh... <laughs> kittens don't even breed yet. They're still cute. Yeah, I mean, they, they won't ruin kittens for me, but like that grumpy old cat, if I had to see that. <laughs> Holy hell. Yeah, I that imagine... Is... It would be quite traumatic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you know, some things are not meant for us to see. That's why there are thirty thousands under the under the water. <laughs> mm. Actually, you know, have you ever seen cats mating? Because I don't think I ever have in my entire life. I don't see them, but I hear them every night. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, they are some horny cats in my neighborhood, man. <laughs> Maybe they're fusing. Maybe they are. I would. I believe it at this point. <laughs> Do you think that cats would become shunned if they fused like that? It's possible. I feel like some cultures would. Yeah. I wonder if the Egyptians would change their minds. <laughs> oh, man. That's a really good implication I did not think of. Can you imagine that whole culture just like being upended by watching two cats become one? Yeah, the Egyptians are like, all right, we're changing. Uh, let's find something else. I hear the, well, those Argentinians capybaras are really adorable. We should change that. <laughs> Look, they're holding completely still for this hieroglyph, and it's smiling. This is so cute. Fuck you, cat. Get out of here. You are like not liking cats today, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Sometimes my own cat kind of pisses me off. And that's why I felt bad. Before we started recording, you were like, I love cats. Cats get me. I get cats. And I was like, mm. Yeah, cats get me. I mean, they're they're not very complicated, even though people assume they are. They're just, they know what they want, and they don't, they'll fight you to get it. <laughs> Do you think cats are assholes, or is that just their independence? Oh, no, they are totally assholes. But you know what? <laughs> They're like they're like Robert Downey Jr. They're they're lovable assholes, you know. You're like, I don't like what you're doing, but God, I like how you're doing it. <laughs> Keep being an asshole today. It's very adorable. I like it. Yeah, don't poop. Uh, okay, you're pooping. Man. All right. Well, I mean, I like how you look at me with those eyes. So fine, you know, like. <laughs> Like the you know the Puss in Boots movie. Remember when the Tony Banderas yes. cat would do the, the the adorable eyes things? That's a thing. That's a genuine thing. That's, uh, that's just they figured out how to be assholes and get away with it. Yeah, dogs are just far behind. They they're behind uh, on cats because they 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 could also be assholes, but they really don't want to be. I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's like you know they have the cute factor too in a different way, but you know it's it's they could get away with it, but they just they're so nice, you know, maybe too nice, but <laughs> yeah. And if you think about it, like take the two creatures. Uh, if a dog pees on the carpet, and you're like, "What did you do?" It will look like it feels horrible. Yeah, but if a cat does it, you're like, "What did you do?" The cat's is like, "I'm gonna go shit in your bed next." <laughs> 
that's true. But you know, you gotta respect that. I kind of respect yeah. the broadcast. <laughs> uh, with with that out of the way, uh, we're gonna <laughs> pop into the five questions we ask every guest, and these are oh, based sure. off of James Lipton's Inside the Actors Studio. I love so that show. Thank you. You are the first person after twenty some odd episodes. It's like no. I do like that show. The interview he did with Robin Williams is maybe the best interview ever. Period. That's mm -hmm. I will fight people on this. <laughs> Thank you. This is a great way to start this segment. I'm ecstatic right now. <laughs> <laughs> so number one, as an author of sequential art, what is your favorite sound effect? Ooh, um, I'm gonna say fush. <laughs> Use that in a give it some context. Well, if somebody fires like a rocket launcher uh, or Ooh. maybe a, a really fast kick, <laughs> okay. And how would you spell it? You know, F W. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're adorable, so I'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> And number two, what is something that you love about sequential art? You know, it's um, having done both that and prose, uh, you know, you, you appreciate the differences and sequential art just, it's a, it's a fixed moment. You know, you create this image that, well, the artist does, but you, you basically uh, come up with the idea for the image of what and you, what that image tells you. And, you know, the, we, we use uh, the phrase, uh, you know, an image is worth a thousand words. And I really yeah. think it's true. You know, it's it's just like some images you can use to deliver maybe a hundred words, but some of it can do even more. It's it's just that it's a unique way of communicating, you know, and uh, once you really get the hang of it, it it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really fun. Uh, this has nothing to do with the five questions, but I'm, now that you mentioned prose again, I'm curious, do you ever work on like short stories or anything? Or are you trying to keep your work strictly uh comic stuff i've done a handful of short stories but honestly uh by nature i like big stories i, I like a big canvas whether it's comics or um you know prose and uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of writing another novel hopefully like uh i haven't written prose since i was in like in boston back in a long way but uh i, I feel like confident um now uh to i think i can try my hand at it again mm -hmm. and uh so far, the few people who have read what I've had liked it, so I think it's a good sign, and uh, hopefully people will like it when it's out. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh, and back to the segment at hand. Uh, on the flip side of the coin, what is something you dislike about sequential art? Um, just to, to clarify, this could be anything from the process to the industry and all that sort of stuff. Um... You know, it's. Uh, I guess it, I wish it was um, easier to make, cheaper to make. But obviously, you know, the the biggest expense is paying the artist. So I can't be mad at that. They deserve the uh, they deserve the the payment for their work. Cause they do. You can't make it without them. And I've worked. I've been lucky to work with some amazing artists, and I don't regret, you know, what I've paid for them because they've more than earned it. But you know, it is that thing where like, ah, oh, I wish I could be making more, but you're limited by your what you can afford. But it's it's just more of a just it is what it is, you know. Mm -hmm. That's really tough trying to break in as a writer. Yeah. 
uh, and number four, what is your favorite curse word that's not really a curse word? And this is don't don't use Spanish in an like for English. I was about to say that's a trick question for me because uh, you know my, <laughs> uh, my first language is Spanish, and you gotta understand like in South America, uh, each culture has its own version of Spanish. You know, like it's the same <laughs> language, but we we use words differently with not just the accents, but there are words that will mean something different in another country, and some words that we just completely made up that don't exist anywhere else. Uh, Venezuelans have one that doesn't exist anywhere else, and we are proud of it. And it's like whenever we, it's it's basically an identifier for us. If we hear this word anywhere, we know the person who said it is Venezuelan because no way in hell anybody else would know it. So if I had to pick, I would pick that one. But if you want me to pick an American English one, I will. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear your go-to American swear not swear, and I want to hear this Venezuelan word. The Venezuelan word is pahul. <laughs> pahul. Pahul. And how do, how do you use that? If you're just, like, identifying someone? Yeah, it's sort of like saying asshole, but, like, like special. Like, you're a special <laughs> asshole. Like, like de pahul. <laughs> and what is uh, your go-to English not swear? Um, that's a ticky one. Let me see. Uh, I When I'm talking in English, uh, I, I, it's, I, I say fuck a lot. I don't know if that's... This fucking thing, this fucking idiot, this fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, I guess fuck is. I mean, you can't go wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, but that's like that's a that's a solid uh, general in the swear word army. I'm thinking like, what's your substitute? Mm. Jesus, that's you're putting me in a spot there. Um, I guess motherfucker. <laughs> well, like if you if you just like drop the fucker, you're like mother. Yeah, I guess that could work. Yeah, I like I like mixing it up. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give them swears a different look. Yeah, exactly. And now uh, I have some bad news for you. Oh. So you want a trip uh, to go visit your buddy Kevin uh, in the Virgin <laughs> Islands. And he was really excited to see you. He put an extra chair in front of his bar. Uh, and he said, this is Luis's chair. Sorry, he says... <laughs> This is Luis's chair, right? That's a terrible accent. <laughs> but anyway, as you were on your way there, uh, an anglerfish, like the biggest anglerfish oh, the world has ever seen, uh, it, it tried to mate your ship, but it accidentally ate you, and now you're dead. And I'm sorry. That's just the way it goes. So, you go to what we perceive to be heaven. And over in a corner, sitting in a drafting table, uh, probably complaining very loudly for everyone to hear, but still drawing the most immaculate pencils you've ever seen, is Jack Kirby. What do you hope he says to you? I, I see what you did there. Um, that's not a James Lips question, but you made it your own. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would Jack Kirby say to me? Uh, that's a good one. Paul. Mm. Oh. I, I, you know, I, I think I have some. I think I have something, but it's so mean spirited. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I guess he would ask me, did you, "Jesus Christ, um, he's there sure too. To, it's fine." Did you make sure to keep the rights to your work? 
To which I hope to say, God, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, of course, sir. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That is a good answer and very important for any aspiring uh, creators listening. It's sure definitely yes. I feel like Jack, Jack Kirby would want you to know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Luis, thank you for joining me. Where can folks find you on the socials? Well, I'm uh, mostly on Twitter. I do have an Instagram, but I never use it. It's sort of Instagram has kind of died, really. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I also have my website, wickedsuitproductions.com, uh, where I post like any of my work professionally. Like I said, my uh, animated pilot and my first comic is available for free. The others you can get to the store through there. Um, and uh, yeah, just trying to get out there. Like I said, I have a, a new Kickstarter for a new comic, my biggest one yet coming out hopefully in June, if not July. And um, it's going to be a big one. And I'm hoping to get it made and get more comics out there, you know. And uh, I do have maybe one or two more things I'm working on that's still too soon to say. But just follow me and you'll get all that Latino goodness in writing for comics and prose. And, you know, uh, support diverse creators. You know, just I believe in that. Yeah, and in addition to the the preserve, uh, which was a very successful Kickstarter, uh, Santa Fe is available on your site. Yeah, the pilot is uh, available on my coffee store, uh, which I think the the link should be on my website to it as well. Mm-hmm. And I am writing the novel I mentioned is going to be the continuation of Santa Fe. I decided to pursue it as a novel instead, just because fantasy is such like a perfect prose, you know, the, the just. I love it, and I really am having fun with it. So, yeah, people who like the comic are going to love the level. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me, Greg. This has been a Comic Book Yeti production. You can find new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts stream. For more information on the Comic Book Yeti, please visit comicbookyeti.com. And for more of Grant, visit grantstoy.com or on Twitter at Grant and Stuff. <laughs>